May the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be always acceptable in your sight. O Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. After reading and rereading today's gospel, I was reminded of a conversation I had just about a year ago with a friend of mine on the golf course. And uh, he asked me, he said, hey, tell me the story about your conversion. Tell me how you found Christ and went from being a retired teacher and crazy football coach to becoming a priest. He went on to say, you know, I've known you for quite some time and I really never saw this coming. Well, I, I started to think and there was silence. And I thought again about the question they did ask and again there was silence. And finally I said, you know, my faith has just always sort of been there from the time I was a kid growing up and going to church and, and Sunday school. I told him that I've always had a sense of connection and relationship with Christ. Although during my teenage and my early adult years, there were many times you wouldn't have believed it. I said I can't remember a particular day or a particular event when I came to Christ. And I shook my head. And so did he. At that point, I had a sense that he was clearly disappointed in my answer and maybe even a bit more doubtful and skeptical about me as a priest. After recalling this discussion and conversation with my friend, it got me thinking about today's gospel and about conversion and how this possibly highlights one of the difficulties in the lesson that we just heard Father Tony read. You see, it sounds as if one day Jesus shows up in our lives out of the clear blue and we immediately drop everything that we're doing and we walk away from our old life leaving everything behind. After all, that's how St. Matthew describes it for Peter and Andrew, James and John in today's Gospel. And I don't doubt for one second that that wasn't true. I also know that's how it may have happened for many other people, maybe including some of you sitting here today. But I also don't think that's the only way of allowing Jesus into our hearts. Many might describe a story maybe similar to mine. A sometimes unfocused, yet continuous and steady knowledge and experience of Jesus from our youth. Others could tell of the experience of struggle, give and take, back and forth, like it happened with Jacob and Jonah. My friends, the truth, are, in truth, our lives are probably a combination of all three of these experiences, plus many, many more. And all this got me thinking, how does any relationship with Christ begin, continue, and grow? Is there only one way? Is there only a right way? Or is our relationship with Christ unique and personal to each one of us? The point, however, isn't how it happened, but that it did happen. 
And it continues to happen up to this very moment. It's never a once and for all, finally and forever kind of thing. Our entire life is a conversion. We are always being converted, shaped, and formed into the likeness of Jesus, whether we like it or not. Over and over again, Jesus comes to you and he comes to me, saying, follow me. It's not some theoretical way, but rather in the very context, circumstances, and relationships of our lives. You see, our relationship with Jesus is grounded and experienced in the people and events in our lives and in the world in which we live. So it was for Peter, Andrew, James, and John. And we see this throughout the remainder of Matthew's Gospel. He not only describes the life and ministry of Jesus, but also the ongoing shaping and forming the lives of his followers. And that shaping and forming happened in Jesus' teaching of the Beatitudes, in his healing of the sick, in his parables, in the feeding of the 5,000, in Peter complaining that they had left everything behind, in James and John arguing with the others and hoping to sit at Jesus' right and left sides. It also happened at Jesus' crucifixion, his resurrection and ascension, and of course in the coming of the Holy Spirit. My friends, every one of those moments, Jesus echoes the words, follow me. Every one of those experiences is as much a turning point in the lives of Peter, Andrew, James, and John as was the day Jesus first saw them by the Sea of Galilee. Turning points always resound in the invitation to follow Christ. They are the intersection of our lives and His life. And if we stop and think about it, isn't that what's happening in today's Gospel? We hear in Jesus' words, and He really only says two things, Repent and follow me. At every level, they are the two sides of the same coin. You know, so often we hear the word repentance and think, uh-oh, someone's been bad and better change their evil ways. And I should know that word repentance means exactly that. You see, I heard it a lot during my teenage years. As my parents would often stress, that needed to be my focus. But now that I'm just a little bit older, I think it means more than that. You see, I think repentance is more than just a moral change, rather it's a life change. It's a turning point. We look in a different direction. We see with new eyes. We establish new priorities. We travel a new road. You see, the turning points of our lives brings us actually face-to-face with Jesus. And they come in lots of ways. Sometimes they come as we planned and worked and hoped for, and other times they are completely unexpected and take us completely by surprise. Sometimes they bring us joy and gladness, and other times they're filled with sorrow and loss. Sometimes they affirm everything we thought and believed. And other times they leave us just as confused and not knowing what to believe. 
And I'm sure most of us gathered here today have probably experienced all of those and more as turning points in your own life. When for better or worse, your life was turned around. Things like moving out and beginning life on your own, falling in love and getting married, the birth of a child, the death of a loved one, words or actions that hurt another person and forever changed that relationship. Graduation from school and the beginning of your first job or the failure of your business and the loss of your job. A divorce. A success or accomplishment that was really significant and meaningful. Discovering the passion that excites and inflames and drives your life. An anniversary grounded in commitment and deep satisfaction. Your role as a caretaker of your spouse or of a parent. A long time, excuse me, a long time dream that finally came true or a long time dream that is yet to come true. And the list could go on and on regardless of our age. Each of us could tell stories of the series of turning points in our lives both big and small. And with each turning point, we see ourselves, we see others, and we see the world differently. We think differently. We focus on different concerns. We ask different questions. And we move in different directions. And what they all, all of them, have in common is Jesus' invitation to follow him. Each turning point comes with the opportunity for and the promise of Christ to refashion our lives. That's what Jesus did in our gospel lesson for today for Peter, Andrew, James, and John. When he says, I will make you. And that's what he does for all of us as well. He makes us more of who we truly are to be. In him we begin to recognize ourselves. And that's exactly what it was like for our disciples in today's gospel. You see, their turning point came in the sailing the same boats in the same lake using the same nets, doing the same work they had done the day before that, the day before that, the month before that, and the year before that. That is, until Jesus came along with his simple call follow me. I'm reminded of an ancient legend about Jesus' ascension into heaven. As he gets to heaven, he is met by the archangel Gabriel, who asks him, now that your work is finished, what plans have you made to ensure that the truth that you brought to earth will be spread throughout the world? And Jesus answered him, I have called some fishermen and a tax collector to walk along with me as I did my father's will. Yes, I know about them, said Gabriel. But what about other plans? What other plans have you made? And Jesus replied, I taught Peter, James, and John about the kingdom of God. I taught Thomas about faith. And all of them were with me as I healed and preached to the multitudes. And Gabriel replied, But you know how unreliable that lot was. Certainly you have other plans to make sure that your work was not done in vain. And Jesus quietly replied to Gabriel, 
I have no other plans. I'm depending on them. My friends, the challenge for us this morning is that Jesus still calls his disciples to spread the gospel. The question for all of us here today is, will you and I do our part in spreading this good news of Christ Jesus? You see, he wants us to do exactly that. Jesus needs you and he needs me to carry on the ministry he started so long ago. And today, through the Holy Scripture of St. Matthew, Jesus is telling each and every one of us, as he did his first disciples, follow me and I will make you also fishers of men. My friends, Jesus doesn't expect any of us to drop everything and leave our homes and families behind. Yet, in following Him, He would like us to set aside all the cares about our own lives that occupy our thoughts and put Him first in our lives and begin to focus on what God is asking us to do in the lives of those that He has entrusted to us. Therein, my friends, lies our greatest joy, our greatest sense of peace, and our deepest sense of fulfillment. You see, there are still so many fish around us. In the name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit.